You're listening to Sincerely Madison E. Hey everyone, it has been far too long since I have made an episode for you all, but I am back and hoping to stay most consistent with it this time around. So thank you all first and foremost for being here and for tuning in. I hope that you gained something from uh, any of the episodes that have been recorded thus far, but especially going forward with some of the content that I hope to bring to you all. So today's episode is going to be focused on some of the biggest lessons that I myself have learned throughout the course of my 25 years of life thus far. And before we get started, I want to first share that a lot of the content that I'm going to be sharing to start off is going to be based off of things that I have already written on the Medium platform. So if any part of these first initial episodes sound redundant and you are a reader of the Medium profile, then that is likely the reason why. But I won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's get started. So I do want to first put a warning out there that some of these lessons of life do come with some pretty unpredictable emotions, but I hope that some of them resonate with you and that you're able to take from them, learn from them, and implement them going forward. So no matter what path that we take in life, there will be an inescapable lessons along the way. So some are easy to adapt to while others will cause a fundamental shift in our existence. Albeit there is a spectrum, the life lessons will come no matter what. So I have had the privilege of being dealt a seemingly tolerable hand for the beginning portion of my life up until about the age of seven years old. So after age seven, things took a pretty significant turn downward and the spiral continued all the way into my adulthood. I had tremendous conflict with my parents, more so one than the other, and quite a bit of difficulty establishing and maintaining friendships. Though these are points that many of us can make about our upbringing, the story gets a bit more interesting. When I was seven, I experienced what many now deem to be a part of the Me Too movement, only this one in particular hits pretty close to home. This would happen a few more times throughout my life from different people, not all of them the same relation to me, but each time the impact grew a bit bigger. Each time I considered the factors involved and acknowledged myself as the only constant, I believed a little more that it was about my existence than their repulsive habits. I became a staunch advocate for my own demise. At the age of 12, my parents dropped me off at the only place they felt could help me at the time, a place where many people now refer to as a psych ward. Desperate for answers to the wrong questions, they took me to see therapist after therapist in the hopes one would pull out the reason for the less than desirable behavior. In reflection of this point in my life and the events that prompted these difficult chapters, I've learned that you should never be afraid to speak your truth. So guys, the first lesson is to own that truth. Own your truth. While I spent nearly five years in a desperate attempt to make the truth go unnoticed, it is now inarguable that it only hindered my personal growth. I spent countless moments denying the truth and looking for ways to make it an untold part of my story forever. Though it doesn't define who I am, it is a part of my journey to becoming who I am meant to be. By owning my truth, I can acknowledge the good, the bad, and the ugly events of my life without allowing them to taint the perspective I have of myself. Never be afraid to tell the truth about what you've been through and consider the strength you embody by speaking your truth and the peace of mind you will get from owning it. Guys, you are not the bad things that happened to you, but you are the warrior who stands here today that is now capable of sharing. Not every love will last forever. 
This is another lesson, guys. The first serious boyfriend I had was at the age of 14. Many of us can relate to this. He and I were freshmen in high school and shared with one another. First experiences of intimacy, open expression of feelings, the first I love yous, and all else puppy love entails. We had this crazy notion that because our feelings were reciprocated and we had made it an entire nine months without a breakup, that we were on track to forever. Relatable, right? I still remember the date that he broke up with me. I remember the entire baseball team standing behind him, and I remember crying myself to sleep for weeks. Guys, I felt like it was the end of my world. I was convinced that if it wasn't him, it'd be nobody. This heartbreak felt as real as any split would when emotions are involved and first have been shared. While we did give it a go 10 years later, the reality of new circumstances supported the notion that not all love is going to last forever. And more importantly, not every person you love is going to love you back. Which brings me to my next wake-up call lesson. Guys, not everyone you meet is going to like you. I hate to rip the band-aid off on that one, guys, but it's true. Not everyone you meet is going to like you. Considering the fact that most of us don't find like in every single person we cross paths with in life, this lesson should go without saying. I've dedicated these last 18 months of my life to being the kind of person I'd like to meet. In other words, I exercise patience, kindness, freedom from judgment, and open-mindedness on a fairly regular basis. In doing so, I could make the assumption that everyone should like me because why wouldn't they? But this is really the case. The goal should be to have more things for others to like about you than to dislike. For example, I know that being a kind atheist isn't going to be enough for a devout Christian because I'm missing just one thing. I also know that not everyone is a morning person, so if I walk into a coffee shop at 6 a.m. with bright eyes and energy levels that argue the need for caffeine, there is a possibility that barista isn't a fan of my early riser conversation. Going through life with the assumption that everyone is going to like you is a quick way to reach an entitled mindset. So don't be that person, guys. Alive doesn't mean living. I'm sure many of you have heard the popular quote, everyone dies, but not everyone lives. The truth behind this should be inarguable. Simply breathing shouldn't be considered living. Everyone knows someone who sees the current place in their life as a means to an end. One of the easiest examples to relate this concept to is a person who is working a job just to have the money for retirement in 30 plus years. We quantify stability as it relates to money and a person's financial status. If a person is making enough to pay their bills and essentially stay alive, then they're doing all right. But who wants to be just all right? The idea of living comes from the level of fulfillment a person gets by doing certain things, seeing certain places, accomplishing certain goals. Before I was doing work I thoroughly enjoy, I was one of those people who wakes up in the morning already dreading the day and is constantly counting down the minutes until the weekend. I had money to handle responsibilities and a little extra to play with, but nothing about the way I felt indicated I was truly living. Instead, I was using 40 hours of my week to devote to making someone else's dream a reality so they can continue living. Guys, this one is possibly one of the most important lessons that I can emphasize to you all. It's okay to be selfish. A while back, I wrote about the ways ego can get in the way of your happiness. Oftentimes, it's a lack of selfishness that can result in complacency with one's life. You shouldn't have to choose whether or not personal fulfillment is more or less important than the happiness of someone else. If it makes you happy, it's worth considering. Rejection is inevitable. 
Rejection comes in all sorts of forms, from relationships to work to friendships and everything in between. As we go through life, we will find ourselves both frustrated and humbled by a case of rejection. Over the course of the last year, I have been fired from not one, but two companies. While both were for very very different reasons, and neither are stories worth telling in this particular episode, I will say that I am as grateful for their rejection as I was for their initial acceptance. I have been given back a large portion of my time and have found the energy necessary to fill the free time with things that cater to a life well-lived. I have found creative ways of making an income and know there will always be opportunities should I feel compelled to go back to a traditional 9-to-5. The same can be said about relationships. While I have ended a few of my relationships, there have been a couple of instances, one of which I mentioned earlier, where I was completely blindsided with rejection. I took it to heart, as most of us do, and then desperately searched for the motivation to try again with someone else when the time was right. Looking back, I am thankful the rejection occurred when it did, because doing so allowed me to see the past the person in front of me and into a future without them. Never forget to forgive yourself, guys. Forgiveness is typically seen as something that is earned and not received unless it's deserved. This is entirely untrue when it comes to one's own self because ultimately no one else gets to decide your internal dialogue except for you. We will make and break promises to ourselves time and time again. Take for consideration the New Year's resolution you announced yesterday. Many will fall off track after month one. Why? Because it's become easier to let ourselves down than other people. If we treated our personal goals the same as a friend who shares theirs with us, we would combat the urge to quit more often. When we let ourselves down, it's okay to be disappointed or even frustrated with this fact. But what is never okay is to hold a grudge against your own self. After I lost Remy, I blamed my body for failing me and it took months for me to forgive myself. Months of time I will never get back. After I succumbed to the urge to cut after nearly a year of sobriety from self-mutilation, I hated myself for the inability to follow through on the commitment, which only made me want to cut more. When I had my second abortion, I wondered why anyone would want to be with someone with that kind of baggage and whether or not they would allow me the chance to explain both circumstances before assuming me to be a monster. When I cheated on my boyfriend at 16, I resented myself and no longer felt like I deserved loyalty, despite my steadfast allegiance to every relationship I have had since. I found more hesitation and the ability to forgive myself than I did the universe for taking my baby from me, acquaintances from stripping me of my innocence, previous employers for letting me go, partners for their cruel words, my God family for disowning me after I left the church, and old friends for their inconsistent interest in spending time with me over others in the group. Though it was difficult to forgive myself, doing so has lifted the weight of responsibility off of my shoulders so I no longer feel the negative parts of my fate are something to apologize for. Though I am only a quarter of a century into this life, the world has certainly dished me quite a bit of painful experience, positive reinforcement, and the strength to see past the rough patches. Each of us embodies the same ability, but many of us choose to become victims to our circumstances instead. Guys, bad things will happen, so accept them as they come, but allow these events to become a catalyst for positive change in your life instead. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Make it a great day.